Hey, it's Paul Purnell here from the RPG Empire. So I have a couple of quick announcements, really quick, hopefully. Uh, first of all, we absolutely adore you. We think you are amazing, and we really are so thankful that you listen to our podcast and that you're a part of our community. And that said, we want to invite you to our uh, Discord server where you can communicate with us. You can ask questions about the stories. You can submit your own fan art and we can all go like, oh my God, I can't believe they made it look so cool or whatever we say. And then also uh, you can, you know, ask questions about running games and how that all works. So definitely hop on over there and join the community more uh, actively. We would love to have you. Um, also, the best thing you can do to support the RPG Empire, besides sending us fat stacks of cash, which we'll always accept, you know, envelopes, you can just address it right to me, um, <laughs> is uh, if you tell a friend. So 100% the best way for a podcast to grow is for people to hear about it from people they trust like you. So I know you have at least one friend. And tomorrow, I want you to go and tell them about this podcast that you're listening to right now that you love so that we can continue to grow and uh, and just really grow as a community. So that's your mission. Uh, and the final last thing to, to just request and say is if you want to support the RPG Empire with actual dollars, the best way you can do that right now is to buy our book, The Dust World RPG PBTA Quick Start Guide. It's five bucks. It's in our uh, shop on therpgempire.com. It's a super light read. It's 30 pages of fantastic layout, great art, and it teaches you everything you need to know to play a Powered by the Apocalypse game if you've never done that. Uh, maybe not everything you know. It It's brief. It's a quick start guide. But uh, it also comes with the playbooks and all the reference sheets. So we would love for you to do that and then hop in the Discord and tell us what, what you like about it, what you don't like about it. We're going to continue to uh, work on that until it's completely done. It should be around 300 pages, include a bunch of awesome manga art because we're really inspired by manga and anime. And uh, that's about it. So uh, those three things, again, were join the Discord to tell a friend, or buy the Dust World book, or do all three. We really appreciate that you listen to the podcast and that you're part of our community, and we can't wait to talk to you more in the Discord. So with all of that said, I'm going to let you get back to the show. Have a good day. Last time on Dust World Neon City. I'm outside. Fuck. I'm outside. Yeah, sort of. Uh. Yeah, sort of. Tuck. Did you know that the pit is literal and, and you can leave the pit and there's a skyline and there's lights and there's big, big buildings and not everything is a scroungy hellhole? Wow. All right, I'm going to call up uh, Silent Monday. You do it. Hello, this is Silent Monday. This is a talk to text program. How can I help you? Yeah, where are you? I am having a drink with Wolf while waiting for drugs. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to Neon City, I guess. Wait, is that Psychomancer? And Doc kind of ambles over there, uh, having already started his second drink. He's like, wait a minute. What, Monday, what is the Psychomancer doing here? I don't know what a psychomancer is. Sounds lame. 
Monday is going to pop up the text. He needed an escape and he needed a place to go. I gave him both, technically. Um, would you be so kind as to take a look at him? He looks a little beat up. Sure. Uh, of course. Of course. You're talking with Miller, and then all of a sudden you feel this sort of like bubbling up in your psyche, and you like look over and Clear's sort of like uh, ghost form is floating next to you, looking at Miller, and he goes, Oh, how strange. I believe that is the man who killed me. Me. Hello, I'm Paul Purnell, the DM of Dustworld Neon City, an actual play podcast where we use a game, Dustworld RPG, powered by the apocalypse, to tell an awesome narrative story. Roll the intro. Welcome to Neon City. It's crazy here. I'm telling you what, we got the smog's gonna choke you out, have our cars flying at 100 miles an hour. We got radioactive light of the spires cooking your brains. We got the cutters, the slices, the mechs. And look at this guy. We got the psychomancer, Clarence Wells. He's a pit fighter amnesiac with the power to crush you with his single thought. We got over here, Dr. Andrew Miller, the philanthropist doctor who's gonna help you out. You just come to his door with your scraped knee, he gets you sorted, but secretly he's got inside of him a parasite that wants to eat you. And over here we got his right hand man, Silent Monday. Dude don't talk, but he's got an LCD suit that pops up his thoughts with emojis and text. And he's got a sword that can cut through just about anything. And if that sounds like your cup of tea, well then you in the right place. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Dust World Neon City. So Clarence, there you are standing with Dr. Miller in front of you and this voice in your head. Oh, there's the man that killed me. What do you do? Dr. Miller, is it? Yes. Yeah. Doctors generally heal people. I should like to think so. Something, something hypocritical oath, something. I know it's Hippocratic. I'm just making a joke. Okay. So. Question. Yeah? Um. I have this friend. Who has this condition. See, he, uh. He looks a lot like me. He's, uh. Pale like me. An albino. Psychic. Um. But he's, uh. Contracted this very mysterious, uh. Attribute. Um, he doesn't have a head. How do you think he got like that? Monday turns interested. Doc is nursing a beer, and he just sort of like mid-sip kind of pauses. I see. I can see that would be uh, kind of a problem. Does this... uh, Friend of yours have a name? Do you want me to tell him or not your name? Don't really care. I'm not alive anymore. Mm, well, I guess I'm in charge of this show. Ah, I believe it was uh, clear. Yes, clear. Uh, you wouldn't have happened to have uh, seen anybody like them before. I hear that uh, prior experience helps with diagnosis sometimes. So at this point, Doc is weighing, kind of weighing his options and he, he swallows 
he, he takes another long swig of the beer and he says, Listen, Psychomancer, right? Is that what they call you? Please, just Clarence. Clarence. Maybe there's more to this situation than you really are understanding. Maybe, I'm just asking uh, about my friend's missing head, that's all. And Doc, like, scoots right up next to Clarence and he says, All right, kid, quit pulling my chain. And he, he says, Maybe I got a condition too. Maybe I'm trying to do good, but this condition keeps making me do all this bad stuff. Monday is going to take a sec to see if he can hear what the hell uh, Miller's whispering about. There's the move that, like, helps remember things, right? I want to try and remember Gage a little bit. Because this has to be reminiscent of Gage in many ways. Like... Conditions that force you into things, doing things you don't like to do. Hmm. Uh, it is, uh, yeah, a grit roll. A six? That's a fail. Like, uh, Clarence, for a brief second, remembers the color red and blood, but then, and something about sand, but then, much like sand, it goes through his hands. It's so coarse, and it gets all over everything. And uh, Clarence kind of blanks. And so he just feels slightly annoyed. And suddenly a, a sharp pain in your brain. And how how does this one point of harm manifest? Do you do you bleed visibly out of, like, your ears or nose? Nose, sort of nose is fine. Cliche? Okay. So, yeah, as he's talking to you, Miller, and you're talking to him, you notice that he just starts getting this, like, pretty good nosebleed. So, Doc has Clarence by, like, the collar of his shirt, and he he looks at him, and Doc kind of gives off this almost desperation. What led up to Clear's head being uh, removed from his body was not his choice. And Doc says, um... Well, I think as that's happening, that that's when the nosebleed starts happening and it starts to just pour on your hand oh. and, and Clarence. How about we say, just as Doc is about to explain further, Clarence, you see this look in his eyes like, like he's a wanted man. And just as Clarence's nose starts to like shoot blood and, and Doc says, Oh my God, it looks like uh, you got a condition too. Let's get some, uh, let's get some napkins, uh, bartender. Get, let's get some napkins over here. Yeah, it happens quickly. Yeah. I, I'm fine. Uh, that's a lot of blood. Uh, <laughs> one could say it's, it's a real Niagara Falls over here. Um, uh-huh. What is a Niagara Falls? In fact, what's my own name? No, no, I remember. Don't, don't correct me. You, Point being, uh, you just, and I kind of right. lean over into his ear. I say, I don't trust you, and I have my eye on you. And then I kind of just go back to wiping my nose. <laughs> As Doc leans away from him, definitely he hears a voice, like, kind of coming from his own collar. And I don't trust him either. Oh, do I hear that? 
I I want to roll. If you want okay, to. Okay, I want I want to I want to try. Survey your surroundings. <laughs> Damn. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> Fourteen. You see Whatever. Everything. You get some questions. Two questions. Uh, what is of use or valuable to me here, and what here is not what it appears to be? So I think what what is not what it appears to be. I think you you do catch uh, that voice, and it seems like it's coming from like under his collar, which is really weird. You know, you you, you might think maybe he's got like a uh, bone mic on or something. Like there's a reason that there's a voice coming out of there. Uh, I definitely don't think you like jump to the conclusion like he must have a mouth under there. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and then what's useful and valuable to you here? I think if you're looking, is it targeted specifically at Doc? Because I feel like it would be. Yes. Um, I think what is of use and valuable to you is uh, I think as you watch him like handling the the papers uh, the napkins to try and like help you with your nose and stuff. You you can glean that he's a really good doctor. Like whatever whatever his other flaws are, he seems to really know what he's doing. Well, I mean, I suppose you can't uh, help my friend with his uh, headlessness situation. Maybe you can patch me up a little bit instead. Oh, I was just going to suggest the very same thing. You, uh, man, the front of your shirt is just covered in blood oh i um, didn't realize I, I oh god i'd gone blind and didn't see that i just had a you know yeah, a yeah. geyser of blood yeah, here right. okay okay you all can right. tell i can tell all right all right and doc rolls his eyes a little bit and uh he gets out he's gonna go ahead and use another stim pack when you say stim pack do you mean your medical gear i'm sorry I'm sorry. Yes, my medical gear. I thought that you had called it a stim pack. So go ahead and roll, uh, roll tree to wound, and then you get your bonuses plus a plus one from the medical supply kit. Would would Clarence notice that? I've already kind of told him. If you use organ thief, yeah. I mean, your your body starts to enter his body, so I think that would be noticeable. Yeah, I, I think we're going to go ahead and do that. Um, So Doc kind of shrugs, and he's like, well, <laughs> the cat's kind of out of the bag. And he says, uh, just just relax, kid. I'll fix you right up. And you see Doc's, the skin uh, over Doc's hands start to shift as he puts his hands on Clarence. And this Thing enters his body. Okay, I'm definitely gonna want to roll um, the memory <laughs> thing again. Horrified, be horrified. Okay, um, so that gives you a ten on that move, Miller, with that extra plus one. Yes, I'm feeling spicy. Okay, cool, got a ten. There we go. So this move is called Total Recall. It's a custom move, and it says when you try to remember what you've lost, roll plus grit. On a ten plus, you hold three. On a seven to nine, you hold one. The options are learn one thing you're missing, remember something of use for now, or learn a few less useful things. And the final option is take no harm. I will take no harm and I will learn. I will try to remember gauge if I can. Okay. So something useful for now? Yes. 
Um, okay, yeah, as he as this is happening and you feel this weirdness, uh, and because also I imagine you're touching him somewhere on his like neck or face, right, Miller? Yeah, um, I, Doc is going to put his hand on his neck. Okay, so I think when that happens, because the parasite is now passing through his skin into your skin, it kind of like, like in correlation with you like taking this and feeling this shock, I think it also kind of like triggers this memory to pop up. You find yourself uh, in a dark, dank dungeon and you feel really strange because you're floating around and you remember that this is one of the first times you ever used uh, thought form. And as you look around, you see something in the darkness in this in this dungeon and you can't smell anything because you you are in an astral form. But you see these kind of like flickering, uh, almost reflective cat type eyes. And as you float closer, you see that it's it's Gage, uh, a, a name that rings out in your mind. And you see that he's sort of like feral and he's kind of like twitching and you can hear him breathing deeply. And uh, and he just seems in a bad way. His skin is is gray and mottled. There's these veins kind of coming up from his chest around his neck. And uh, and he just feels really feral and animalistic. And a moment later, he looks as he's looking around and kind of like pulling himself up off the floor, this um, cobblestone floor there. There's like a moment where he kind of like locks eyes on something behind you. And then he jumps through you to whatever this thing is. And as you turn around, you see that he latches onto a person who's sitting in this chair and he just takes a bite fully into the neck of this person like he's biting an apple and you just see blood kind of running down his face as he's absorbing life out of this person do i feel a little bit of guilt about this as you see that you feel like this kind of like innate uh sort of feeling like it was your fault somehow uh, monday you are sitting near the bar did you want to you said you wanted to hear what they were talking about yeah monday's curious especially Let's just say that Monday's kind of picked up a few things about the good doctor that he's curious about. I think probably what is of use or valuable to you, because this would be like learning secret knowledge about both Miller and... uh, Okay, we'll go with that one then. Yeah, so you were able to hear... uh, You you kind of play it off like you're not listening, or do you... I'm going to say that uh, Monday is kind of monkey around his phone and pretending to bop his head to a tune. So it looks like he's just listening to music. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, so you do overhear this conversation then um, about heads being lost and, uh, you know, and then Miller kind of like saying he's got some sort of uh, problem sickness as well. Um, yeah, and I think there's probably been enough weird things that Miller's done, uh, you know, as you've known him, especially more recently. Um, I don't know this, but I think this would be kind of fun, funny in fiction. Uh, and also, I think that there's enough fails that I can put this into play. But it'd be funny if Silent Monday kind of felt like Miller might be on uh, Crush, which is that drug that can like give you sort of superpowers <laughs> sometimes. I feel like that's a fair assumption. And also, um, Miller has really had a hell of a day, so... He's looking really war- both worn out and strung out at the same time. So I think <laughs> that it could be clear 
He's God, he's done he's seen a lot of shit. <laughs> so totally, totally. Uh, this has been a crazy, a crazy day. Yeah, this is I really and if you look at the timeline, it's probably just been a crazy couple of hours. So I feel yeah. like uh that that would be a fair assumption. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so Monday, I think with that role you also glean and what you think is that Miller is probably on some kind of drugs, maybe crush. Okay. I think Monday for now is just going to kind of file that away and maybe confront Miller about it later after, you know, we figure out what to do with Clarence. So as you're sitting there and you're hearing this conversation and drinking, uh, you remember that you gave a card to Wolf and sent him off to the Dream Cafe and you're hoping that your friend and contact Patches can help him kind of detox uh, so that he doesn't have to stay under the thumb of the purple dragon. Um, at the same time, you kind of like glance around the bar and Tuck is definitely like partying it up with a bunch of like cute girls in like weird clothes because it's the future and like neon where you don't need any neon lights and like LCD screen like clothing with like flashing fish swimming through it and all this sort of weird stuff that's super cool. Um, the screens have a crazy MAB fight going on, uh, and he's like tossing <laughs> like uh, kind of one of the things they do here when you come in is you can get almost like poker chips, but it's it's like paper monopoly money that you can use to like bet and buy drinks and stuff. But essentially you buy it. It's like now worth the dollar, essentially. Uh, so he's just kind of like throwing money in the air, just having a good old time. I think Monday kind of to de-stress a bit is going to kind of join in there, kind of help Tuck out there, kind of do the wingman thing. So Monday's going to kind of saunter up and start doing all these crazy breakdancing moves with his LED suit, kind of flip into the music and all that. Whoa. I didn't know he could do that. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> nice. Yeah, Tuck's like, oh man, look it! We got the... Wait, you, you're a Tigre, right? And he like kind of wipes his eyes like he's going to shoot it. He like leans over. Monday's going to shoot a thumbs up. Yeah. Oh, OK, cool. Check out El Tigre. What? What? And he starts doing like the, the Tootsie Roll. Do the Tootsie Roll. Do the Tootsie Roll. Monday's <laughs> uh, just kind of playing. Club, club beats in the background. <laughs> yeah, Monday's just playing <laughs> off of it and just being a bigger goof. <laughs> Seeing if they can out goof nice. each other. Uh, yeah, and they go for it, uh, and it's it's hilarious. Uh, you realize Tuck is actually like pretty agile. Um, he's also about a head shorter than you. Imagine like like dwarf, like uh, like fantasy sort of dwarf height. Um, so he's he's not a, at all a big guy. He's kind of like short, a little bit wide. Okay, so yeah, Silent Monday, as you're doing these cool dance moves. You know, Tuck is is right there by you, but he's he's a bit shorter than you, like five, five maybe. Uh, and he's like lifting up like a chair with a girl on it, and he's like, "Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, check me out, check me out, whoop whoop." <laughs> so we're gonna go ahead and cut back over to this healing in process <laughs> or scarring, depending on how you're how you're looking at it. Hang on, as this is happening, Miller, and you're in contact with him and his neck and stuff. Uh, I think you hear yeah. a voice in his head, in your head, or like, you know, you hear a voice uh, and you hear. So um, what do you think if we just uh, remove this pesky memory of 
what we may or may not have done. Doc. Doc can. Doc has to talk. Has to speak out loud to talk to Grin, right? Yeah. Also, he's so close. Like Clarence probably heard that. <laughs> uh, Doc shakes his head very slowly, very deliberately, and says, "Clarence, I need you. Listen, the situation's a little bit more complicated than you think it is, but." I didn't. Doc is visibly frustrated with trying to explain himself. And as you're you're saying that, an eyeball kind of slides up your chin, like right oh. onto your cheek, and is just like staring at you, Clarence. <laughs> just this. Hello, players. It's Paul Purnell, the creative director of the RPG Empire and the keeper of Dust World RPG, as well as I play Lucas in Strangers in the Pines. I'm just here to let you know that we have just released a free one-page RPG called The Christmas Special. It's a game about playing Christmas movies, essentially. So if you love Christmas movies, you love The Grinch, you don't love Christmas, you can blast it. It's kind of up to you and the keeper whoever's running the game the dm so it's really simple you print it out you and your friends and you can create mayhem for christmas or you can save it it's up to you but we just released it so if you're interested in getting that just head on over to our website and click the download link so that's all for now i hope you are enjoying the show and we'll get on with it so back to the show play on I kind of steal myself, and then I kind of grab him by the collar, and kind of trying to ignore the eyeball. <laughs> okay. And um, I say... Doc is surprised by this. To him. And of course, I'm kind of having to reach up to grab him, I guess, but <laughs> I grab him by the collar, and I say, I just have one question. Why'd you do it? It was a mistake. I think the I a mouth slides up his face right by the eyeball. And he goes, it was me. I confess. I, I kind of like try to press like it's upper lip. Like I'm trying to press it back down. His hey, shirt. Uh, th- what, are you, what are you doing? To get your out. That's just what have you touched? Oh, my God. Uh, uh, no, <laughs> stop it. Uh, and he tries to bite you. Hey, hey, cut cut it out. Cut it out. Fine. And then you see the eyeball and the mouth just kind of disappear. Like, kind of as if they sink inward. And I say, and I'm just, my face is kind of a little bit of a poker face, but it's very serious. And I've still got him kind of by the collar. I just say, just give me a reason. I'm sorry. I'm- no, that's not a reason. This isn't my fault. I I carry this thing with me and I tell it to do stuff. You know, I, I tell it not to hurt people, but still it finds a way to twist my words against me. And and it's it's hurt a lot of people, okay? What were you and trying, trying to do? I was trying to make him forget 
Forget that he saw me. Forget that he saw my parasite. We were undercover there. All right. And it, and, and it just all went, it just all went haywire. Something about the word forget kind of does like trigger some anger in Clarence. And for when he says forget, he kind of clinches his collar a little bit. Like that was kind of the wrong thing to say. You do have one more hold for your total recall as well. I don't know if you want that to trigger it. Yeah, actually, yeah. Let's try and remember that for a second. You find yourself sitting in the office of Kaiser Rex. This seems like it was a while ago, and you're sitting across the, his desk. In front of you is the Crystal Concilium. And Kaiser has his hand on one side of it, and you are about to put your hand on it as well. You are thinking to yourself, like, this feels familiar. I don't know if I should do this. But you reach out and do it anyway, because you also feel like this compulsion, like you need to do it. And as you do, you see Kaiser pressing like some numbers on a, a device attached to the Crystal Concilium. And you clearly remember what these numbers are. Um, six, two, three, one, four, zero. So you see him type in these numbers and you feel this sudden shock to your system as you remember this. And then you feel this weird feeling of almost being poured out as you remember forgetting as those numbers slip away, but they don't slip away this time because they've, you've kind of like grabbed it and pulled it back. And as you do, you hear him Kaiser and he's just saying in a stern voice, just forget this ever happened. And we're back. So there you are with, you know, your hands on Miller's collar and his hands on on your neck, helping you out. Uh, and you just had this flashback. What what do you do? I say, do you know what I do with monsters? Doc doesn't say anything. And then. A slow, very sinister grin begins to cross my face. Very, very sinister. Gage would not like it at all. And I say, I use them. You're going to be very useful for me, aren't you, Dr. Miller? What do you mean? You're going to help me get my memories back. course what wait buddy what and in the background you hear what? oh damn check that out holy crap look what he's doing and then everybody turns to see silent monday doing the most crazy what is it silent monday i'm gonna say monday's like kind of mixing some of his uh sword moves in with kind of like this funky break dance while strobing the entire time yeah, and as you're doing that, you you suddenly grab your sword and you pull it out and you slice quickly towards the ground and release a key wave. And this energy just bursts off of you and fills the whole room. Like it's like wind has like turned on this massive fan in the center of the room because everyone gets this like quick rush of air pushing past them. 
Doc says to Clarence, All right. Where do we start? With a break-in. It's how we usually retrieve things. But we'll talk about this more later. For now, we celebrate. And then I just kind of let go of him. It's, it's his hand still on my neck. No, no. Oh, oh, thank God. No, he, uh, no, he removed it. Um, like when you, when you started threatening him, he removed it. As you, as you turn to like, uh, to celebrate, I think you hear in your voice or like the voice in your head of clear and you see he's kind of like, you can kind of see him as a projection when you want to. And he's sort of like sitting next to you at the bar. He's like, celebrate good times. Come on. Claire, you didn't get out much, did you? No, I certainly did not get out much, my friend. Are we friends? Or am I more like your roommate? You're like me, and it's scaring me. Um. Yes. Let's just, um. Or you're like me, and it's scaring you. I. What? I'm just going to. How does one party? Hardy. Doc, um, he, he, he sees Clarence kind of like sitting there and he says, can I buy you a beer? I, I guess it's the least I can do. I'm going to need something harder. Also, I don't think uh-huh. I've had alcohol that's very strong hardly ever. But we'll see. Doc, Doc gives Clarence a wry grin and says, tonight's on me. Let's start with some whiskey. And Doc orders a bottle from the bartender and tells him to leave it. Hmm. I think Monday is going to kind of motion for Miller and Clarence to join him and uh, Tuck just kind of screwing around there. He might at this point have like one of those oversized pairs of glasses, even though there's like no ear holes for it to sit on. A really goofy hat, you know, and he's just kind of whipping the whole bar up into a fun little uh, party. And what if you turned your sword into the glasses? There we go. Because if because it floats and it just floats in front of your yeah, face perfect. as you're like DJing. Perfect. He has like a or it turns into the helmet, the Daft Punk helmet, there we go. and you start like acting like a DJ. <laughs> and he's like motioning for uh, Miller and Clarence to join there. Nice. And and Clarence is just doing the little slight cha cha cha, slight clap of like Baron Zemo. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Nice, nice pull. Uh, good, good. Uh, okay, so they come over and uh, they do their thing. Um, Tuck continues to like get down. Um, and I think at this point, um, you get a call, Silent Monday, um, and so and your phone kind of goes off for a moment. Monday's going to kind of uh, step away while you know keeping the party going, kind of impress the little button on the side of his uh, neck. That activates his phone. Hello, this is the speech-to-text device. How can I help you? Hey, uh, good buddy, it's me, Patches. The guy from the intro. Anyway, uh, (laughs) I just wanted to say, uh, you know your buddy was supposed to show up, like, an hour, two hours ago? He never made it, so... Yeah, I don't know if you want to, like, go look for him. Uh... Or whatever, keep partying. It sounds like you got a sweet party. 
going on there, dude? Nice. You have no idea. I certainly wish you could join us. Also, oh dear, this happened again. Yeah, are you always losing your friends? I don't even know. I mean, whatever. Anyway, so yeah, he didn't make it. That's all I got. Um, yeah. So let me know if you need anything else, buddy. I'm out. And uh, you and he hangs up the phone. So what does Silent Monday do? Um, I think what Monday is going to do is he's just going to take off uh, towards toward the door where uh, Wolf exited from. And he's going to start looking for him. OK, you step out the door. And as you start walking the streets, you hear the, the roll of thunder coming in. And even though the rest of the wasteland is is so parched, the this massive cyber city, they actually have uh, like weather machines to create clouds. And so every day by evening time, it's always raining. <laughs> and so, you know, as you come out, the rain starts to come down as the lights of the, the neon signs start to grow brighter and brighter and that cascading purple, pink, red, blue, violet light the, of the spires kind of rains off of the buildings and reflects off all of the glass creating a really interesting, beautiful sort of view. And you turn the corner and you start walking the direction you think that Wolf would have gone. And after you get a few steps away, uh, you notice that there's an area that looks like a strong wind has blown there. And you see that there's a few kind of destructive marks and, um, and nothing else. Do you want to survey your surroundings? Uh, yep, we'll do that. Was wondering if maybe the rain triggered a memory for Monday. Just kind of a little insight on his character. Sure. Uh. Uh. So roll. Uh, you're you're wanting to use total recall? Yeah. Dig deep. I got an eight. Eight. So, which is a um, mildly inspirational, but still helpful. Hold one. As Monday walks through the rain there, kind of in the direction that he thinks where Wolf might be, an odd memory comes back, one from back bef long, long before he ever met Miller or even the uh, monastery where he trained at. He remembers encountering the rain for the first time in the wastelands. He remembers a slashed throat and the cloth that was wrapped around it. He remembers fleeing from the numerous figures behind him, out for his blood, for his failure. This reminds him that he can't give up just yet, that he can't let his friends go, and doubles down on his search. Can I use the escape route in kind of regards to finding Wolf? Yeah, I feel like that's fair. Okay, we'll do that. Uh, what happened here recently in regards to the damaged area? Okay, so as you're looking around carefully at this scene, you see that there was a vehicle had smashed in here. Like, as you look closer, you see, like, broken uh, headlight glass and uh, kind of scratched paint on the wall. And whatever this vehicle was, it was blue. Um, you can also tell that it was a very large vehicle because there's a, a bin 
um, like a big giant trash receptacle that has part of the corner has been kind of crushed in um, from when it has crashed. And it looks like kind of like looking around that when it crashed in, there was some sort of fight back uh, because there's like a kind of concentric circle of where all the trash and things has been kind of pushed away from it. Uh, but you do see some like footprints and stuff. Also, uh, as you look closer, you notice that the footprints and it's getting harder to see like all of this information, but it all happens really quickly. But the rain is starting to like kind of wash away your evidence. So you notice that there's a point where you're seeing a, a bunch of footprints. You're able to make them out. And then you see randomly in the midst of all this, what looks like a wolf's footprint. Oh boy. Um, second question. What is of use or of value to me here? I think as you look around and you see this wolf footprint and you also like manage to pick up a small bit of silver and blue, like kind of lightning blue hair, um, you notice a ref in a reflection that there's something above you. And as you look around, you see that across the hover street, there's a uh, camera and it's pointed directly this way. Hmm. I think at this point, without a clear trail of the rain kind of washing it away there, I think Monday's going to return to the bar and to that bar and go talk with Miller and Clarence. So as you walk in, you get a text from Patches and it says simply, I think I know where your friend is. And a second later, a picture comes through and it's a picture of a square a shopping square market area not too far from here and one of the stalls is being burst apart and in the middle of this picture there's a six foot tall lightning blue and white wolf with a whirlwind wrapping around it so that's it for this episode of dust world neon city Thanks for listening, and don't forget to check out our mailing list and our website, therpgempire.com, where you can connect with us, get merch, and even download games. Talk to you soon. Remember, 